Hello, I'm Pamela Davis. Welcome to episode 51 of the Weld on Life podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 51 of the Weld on Life podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Davis. If you're new here, hey, what's up? Thank you for joining the party. <laughs> and if you've been here before, thank you for continuing to rock with me. As we all know, I think by now, the Well Done Life podcast is about women coming together, sharing our stories so that we can grow and learn together while navigating this beautiful, crazy, dark, twisted fantasy called life. So welcome. And again, thank you for continuing on the journey with me. Before we get started with this week's topic, I wanted to make sure that I start the prayer, started off with a prayer. Um, that's something that I love to do just to make sure that we start to ha- build the intention, but also recognize what we're going through. So this is my prayer, prayers for all of you. I'm sending prayers, love, good juju, with so much going on. I hope that everyone is taking care of themselves, social distancing. Remember, there's people still on the front lines, our doctors, our nurses, our teachers, our ed- everybody dealing with COVID-19. Um, we've moved past an election, but we still have other things to deal with. So just please, let's just kind of try to lean into our empathy and try to take care of each other. But at the same time, please prioritize social distancing, washing your hands, and wearing your mask. So like I mentioned earlier, we've kind of moved past the inauguration. Um, I wonder how everyone's kind of feeling about it. I know for myself, it was really something that I enjoyed. I can't believe how much I can say I have watched of inauguration coverage. I've actually watched so much CNN since the election cycle really even started because I just kind of wanted to really feed myself with news and um, research and all different kinds of information to be informed. But uh, long story with that, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I watched it all day. It was amazing. And I really liked how subdued it was. And I liked how focused on the fact that we have lost so many lives to COVID-19. Um, I, I thought it was really beautiful how they were trying to recognize the, the people on the front lines because we don't really talk about it enough. I mean, there are doctors, there are nurses, there's teachers, there's postal workers, there's delivery drivers. I mean, there's just so many people putting their lives on the line to make sure that other people are comfortable or have what they need. And that's why I always like to make sure that I lead in prayer about for all of us dealing with COVID-19, but in particularly the frontline worker, because it's easy for us to get caught up in our selfishness of our everyday routine. And we have to understand that there's somebody behind us always making it happen for us while we're still doing our part as well. So you want to make sure that you recognize people and that you're kind and considerate of people because you just don't know probably the struggles and sacrifices that those people are making to help us have a better quality of life. I mean, those people are also, those doctors, those nurses, those teachers, delivery drivers, postal workers, they all have families in a lot of instances. And I mean, we're talking either elderly family or children, husbands and wives. So it's just a lot. So that again, that just makes me kind of tap into my empathetic side. And so I was just so, so pleased to see how much recognition that they had been given during the inauguration. I think we need more moments like that. 
Um, on top of that, I also loved watching all of the fashions. I in particularly fell in love with, uh, even more so with Michelle Obama's style. That woman looked impeccable, but everyone did. Kamala looked, looked beautiful, or Madam Vice President Harris looked beautiful. I thought President Biden looked handsome and spiffy. I even loved Bernie Sanders, even though I have to laugh of how everybody has turned him into a meme. I have seen Bernie Sanders everywhere, and I've shared a few on my socials, and I love it. And just how epically unbothered he was by the whole thing. He's like, look, I'm just here to get this done. I want to see them get inaugurated, and I got to get back to work because we need to help these people. See, Bernie is a man of the people. And, of course, uh, the entertainers, it was just great. I thought J-Lo did okay. I think everyone's had, like, a mixed opinion about her voice. I I'm really not here to, do to judge it. It is what it is. But I loved her fashion. <laughs> I My favorite um, singer, I thought Lady Gaga did a great job as well. She looked very dramatic, which I expected. Very Katniss Everdeen, Hunger Games kind of vibe, and I was feeling it. My favorite singer, though, was um, Garth Brooks. His Amazing Grace brought tears to my eyes, and I was listening to it and watching it in between meetings, and my mom it was is home with me, of course, and so she was singing along when he was singing, and I found myself even at points singing because he asked everyone to sing the last frame with him, and it was just beautiful for him to get up there and just sing a cappella and get it out like that, I just thought it was great. And I loved how he just was like making his way through the rounds, through the crowd. I thought that was awesome. Um, I loved uh, Kamala Harris's niece, Mina. Her, Mina's husband, had the Air Force Ones, the Dior Air Force Ones on, which I respected, taking it back to the fashion really quick. I loved it. I also loved how Joe Biden's grandchildren look so eclectic and one of his granddaughters, I believe it was Maisie, also had on a pair of um, Jordan's Air Force Ones. I, I'm, I'm a sneakerhead to my heart, so I always warn in my soul to see people wearing sneakers like that. It just goes to show you that a good pair of sneakers can go from the boardroom to the presidential steps. So that gave me hope as a fellow sneaker wearer. But like I was saying, my favorite singing performance was Garth Brooks. Um, my favorite also other performer was Amanda Gorman. I had never heard of her. And I feel embarrassed to say that because that young lady is just simply amazing. Hearing her speak and just being able to can be such a light. When I looked at her, all I kept thinking was, this is a beautiful black woman who is a light to the world and who is using her words to hopefully build bridges. And I just loved it. And she has a couple of books actually that are coming out. So I bought one of her books, which is a series of poems about how she, uh, on the journey of her actually getting to the speech that she recited. I'll put it in the show notes. She actually is number one on Amazon now. And so I personally made sure I bought, bought a copy. It doesn't come out until September, but I don't care. She has another one coming out, I think a little bit, I think in April. So I'll put both links down there for you, but I would definitely recommend supporting her. I saw, I got a chance to watch her be interviewed by Anderson Cooper on CNN and she is a light. She is just so in tune with her soul 
and her spirit and how she is led with her vision for words, how words just really play with her soul. And I love that she's able to communicate in that way. And I was just awestruck by watching that interview because Anderson was like, oh my God, you are just so amazing. She is. She's simply amazing. So she stole my breath uh, personally um, out of the inauguration. So I'm just really excited by it. So I enjoyed so much and I'm sure you all did too. And, you know, I wasn't really just excited about seeing the inauguration. I was glad about it, but I'll be, I'm going to keep it a buck. That's what we do here. And if you haven't listened to my last episode about keeping it a buck, please check out episode 50. I actually was like super nervous about the inauguration because for so long I have just felt like there has been such an undercurrent in our country of unrest brewing. I thought at one point in time that um, he who shall not, who he who shall not be named who is no longer president. I was thinking he was going to throw us into martial law. Um, so I wasn't sure of how things were going to go down. And when the inauguration happened and uh, Madam Vice President Harris and Vice President Biden were not, uh, not inaugurated, excuse me, I was relieved. I mean, full transparency, I was relieved because it felt good to know that democracy survived and that my, and, and like I said, I, I was, I had a lot of trepidation about if it was going to happen without any issues. And I felt so at peace in my soul to know that it happened with no issues, to know that we are actually able to say that democracy survived another day. And I think that that's something that I say, not just, I have it as a lens as a black woman, obviously, because with the constitution, the way that it's structured as a black woman, there's really not a lot of protections for black people outside of amendments. It's not like the Constitution was written for all of us. And we all know that. So I get worried <laughs> when it's when it's um, shaken or possibly damaged because that's going to affect my people. That's going to affect all black and brown people, all people who this Constitution did not necessarily provide for, except for through amendments. But then at the same time, I also think about what that means for all of us, because I don't think a lot of us are prepared for the fact that that could possibly happen. I mean, we came so close and we're not going to rehash it, but it's like, you can't forget about that. And you have to really value and be able to speak honestly about what's going on and see things clearly. I mean, keeping it a buck so that everybody is able to have an opportunity to live freely, because that's ultimately what we all deserve in a democratic society. So that, seeing the inauguration go off without a hitch, having this time where Vice President Harris and Madam Vice President Harris, because that's how I'm going to recall, call her, I might switch to MVP Harris, I'm still not sure, and President Biden, seeing them have an opportunity to help move our country in such a dynamic, potential way, it really inspires me. And it just makes me think, you know, that there is a possibility of change. And I think that we all have to really be grateful for possibilities, possibilities in our personal life, possibilities in our society, 
because that means that we're still growing, we're still evolving, there is still hope that we can be better than what we are now. So I just kind of started thinking, you know, now that we're doing all this, now that all these things have happened, is unity really possible? You know, I think that a lot of people are very, are thinking about that. I'm sure I'm not the only one because things have been so divisive. And I heard it put so eloquently today on, I was listening to another podcast earlier, Ratchet and Respectable by Demetria Lucas, which is also one of my favorite podcasts that I love to listen to personally. And I've been listening to her and following her for quite some time. This is like a new age version of Jim Crow, of the civil rights movement. And I said, you know, that is exactly right. She was giving her commentary about the inauguration. And I said, that's exactly right. We have been in this new age version of civil rights. This is a, it's a new version of the struggle. And it's very aggressive. I mean, it's even more so aggressive than what we've seen ever before in the 60s. I mean, it never came. This is the first time we've ever had potentially someone try to come in and overthrow the government. So you can't take it lightly. And then when you see things like that, you have to process it. You have to have time to get through the trauma of it because it is, it's a trauma. It's like anything that can happen to any of us because I know when I was watching it, I felt like this is an attack on myself as, a, as an American. I did because yes, like I said before, my relationship with her may be complicated, but at the same time, I still love this country. So I did. I felt like that was an attack on me. So my trust has been violated. So before you can move steps in healing and in growth and moving forward, there has to be accountability, which is probably um, an easier way of saying that's where we're at right now. We're at that stage where we're trying to figure out accountability. Yes, that's accountability can be in the form of impeachment. It can be in forms of resignation, but it, it can be in the form of arrest. But there has to be some form of accountability because you can't heal what you don't reveal. So if we have seen this come about and we are don't we have, it's and it's been revealed, now is the time to heal it, but really to even take it a step further and get at the root of it. Somebody has to take accountability for it. Somebody has to take this moment to look at themselves and see how we can move forward and how we can get past this darkness of America so that we can move to the light because I think that's really what we were all hoping when Biden, when um, President Biden and Madam Vice President Harris, and like I said, you may get sick of me saying that, but I'm going to be saying that for, for the, at least the next four years. Um, how do we move forward? How do they move forward and get to the light? We hoped they were going to be the light. So now is the time to start looking toward that and thinking toward that. And I think we need that as a country. We have been through a lot in these last four years and in this last year, and we're not even at a year and a half, we're at a year in approximately, I think today is the 23rd, approximately 23 days. And it's like, uh, it's a lot. We've had a lot to bear within ourselves. So how do we get better? What do we need to do? So that means we have to start getting foundational. So really what I wanted to talk about, even though, yes, it seemed like the inauguration was the forefront of my conversation. This was political. I bet just what you thought this was. It's not because, you know, I can always tinkle out a life lesson in a political statement. But essentially, I looked at what is the significance of this time? 
because especially I'm looking at it from the standpoint of this numbers, you know, I, I am one of those numerology kind of women. I do believe in the power of numbers and I think that you have to be very intentional. So I looked at it from that standpoint and how it very coincidentally applied to where we are right now. This is episode 51. So 51 is an, an angel number. That means that this is an opportunity to look forward. It is a time of new beginnings in our lives and our domestic life. So I'm not applying it just to domestic life personally, because I do feel that this is a new time for me personally. But at the same time, I'm looking for where we are as a country. And the reason that it is a new beginning of uh, a time of opportunity to look forward is because of the fact that it is determined by evaluating the numbers that make up 51. So the number five is the number of freedom, adventure, the senses, and positive change. And when the vibration of number five is active, it is a sign that you are adaptable, resourceful, and highly motivated. The number one, um, that is a number of leadership and it's associated with new beginnings. So when this number is active in your experience, which is a, which it is right now, it's likely that we're going to find numerous opportunities to express our leadership qualities. And then taking this number, 51, even a step further is thought of as an expression of the number six. And the number six is a number that is balanced. It is associated with domestic situations and affairs of the heart. So essentially, this is the time for making positive, transformative change. And as we can see, it's happening in the world with the election of um, Madam Vice President Harris and President Biden. And it has to happen with each of us. Because it was kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's about accountability. As a country, we, we all have to take accountability for its growth and its change because some hearts need to be healed in order for us to move forward. And that's how we get to the light. So last week and probably the week before, I think as well, I told you guys that I had been on um, my Pathway to Peace 30-day journaling intensive. And I've been doing it to start off the year. And it has been wonderful. I have truly enjoyed it. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but it is exactly what I needed. But um, it has been tough because it's amazing how when you take a moment to journal, you know, coupling that with the fact that we are living maybe a slower COVID-induced lifestyle, how it can slow you down really to really be able to pinpoint where you have no choice to confront the areas of your life that need to be released. So this has been um, week three. I'm about to go into week four, so I'm finishing up. And it has really taken me uh, to different places that I never thought I would look at. You know, I didn't realize that maybe there were things in my childhood I needed to move past or previous relationships and mistakes that I had made because I think we all hold ourselves really accountable, or most of us do, when we make mistakes. We really take them very personally, and they can hold those mistakes that we take personally, we don't forgive ourselves enough for. So I had to kind of look at the things that I have held on to, as well as dig even further back to the moments where I invited fear into my life, in the moments where I invited this, that root of my frustrations, of my holdbacks, 
of my perceptions. And that's why I said it. it's one of those things where it's not just something that one or two people need to do. I think it's something that we all need to look at doing within ourselves. And it's not something that you have to share with anybody because you are your own keeper. There's no one who's going to be in charge of you. No one can keep you. But I think the majority of people, as we've seen in the country, even though, yes, there is a large percentage of people who are very happy with how things have been going, there are a larger percentage that know that they need to see change. So as those people see that they need to make change, we have to prepare to be those change makers. And that preparation means that we have to take that time to look at ourselves. And looking at ourselves is challenging because it's really easy to put our, our, our faith and words into other people, you know, to be able to speak life sometimes over people or encourage them, but to flip the mirror back upon yourself and say, wow, I, I, I should have let go of that regret. I didn't realize I was holding a grudge or my perceptions of this person were totally wrong. And being able to take accountability for how you may have treated someone or perceived someone or even how you treated or perceived yourself, that's something powerful. And you have to be able to look at little things that you can do to begin to do the work. So like I said, I've been journaling through this journaling um, intensive. And it's funny how, I think I've mentioned before, I'm not the journaling kind of person. I really wasn't. I don't really typically write anything down. I'm always the computer person or trying to manipulate something to fit me. But when something is for you, you will not manipulate it. You will embrace it. You will accept it. You will listen to it and you will try to fight against it. But ultimately you'll see through how it starts to change your root, how it reaches into your soul and your spirit, how this was the right way. And you realize that you were much more pliable and much more open to learning a different perspective than you thought you were. And that is the beginning of positive change. So you have to look at how you can do that. And I'm not saying journaling may be for everyone, might not be, but find something that is for you. Take that moment, that this moment that we are in right now, this slowdown. Because yes, life, I think, will start to pick up again um, at some point in time. I do think that it's going to take some time for us to get back to that because of the fact that the cases keep rising. And until there is more of a concerted effort and plan for us all to move toward, you know, eradicating it. But take advantage of this time to feed into you. Healing is not just about trying to fix a relationship or with someone else or to speak on someone else's behalf. Healing is about speaking into you. You are the most important thing in your life. You can be married, you can have children, you can care for other people, but I have learned through other experiences, through my own experiences, what am I saying? That if I'm not happy, no one will be happy. So I have decided to be more intentional 
am more selfish with myself and making sure that I am gentle and loving with me so that my happiness is full. My happiness is full. My tanks of happiness are full. My heart is full. My soul is full. And I am growing and evolving because I'm changing. And we're always changing. As we age, we change. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. As we experience society and see all the things that happen or that are being unveiled and revealed to us, we change. That's what humans are all about. It's about being growable and changing, but recognize the power of you. Recognize how wonderful you truly are and how it's okay to sit down with yourself and deal with your ish. And that might mean, like I said, journaling is working for me, but maybe for you, that might mean seeking out counsel. And there's nothing wrong with that. Therapy is a good thing. I've been in therapy before for a few years and it's not a bad thing. And I've thought about going back because therapy is great to have a third party who doesn't know you talk to you because they can hold you accountable and they can give you a perspective that you may not receive from someone else or talk to a friend. Just find an outlet to tap into you, tap into those places that you have your deepest fears and regrets and let those fears and regrets go because they are only weighing you down and you are the light. We are lights. And as lights, we have to be light. So that means that we can't carry these bags going forward because we have too much work to do. We have way too much work to do, not just for ourselves, but for the benefit of other people. We are lights. And as lights, we have to remember that. We have to be uninhibited. We can't be blocked. We have to be able to shine brightly. So in order for you to shine your brightest, you have to make sure that there is no fear inside of you, no regret inside of you that is sucking at that energy that is preventing you from shining. So I would recommend that you start to tap into how you want to shine. I started off the year saying, you know, I was going to do like a series on mind, body, and health, and I still have that intention. This month, unfortunately, I didn't start it the way that I wanted to, and I apologize about that because I was being selfish. As I started to do the work on my intensive, I realized that I needed to be a little quieter, a little bit more gentler with myself and take a different approach. But I think that it's also shown me that I still am going to do my series. No ifs, ands, buts about it. But I think I'm going to start in a different order than what I thought. So you'll stay tuned. But I definitely think I'm going to bring people on that are going to help talk about what it is to tap into you, to tap into our souls and to our spirits. Because I think that that is so important as we're doing this work because this work is not just a 30-day intensive like I'm doing or, you know, this is life work. This is work that has happens every day, 365 days a year. So we have to be intentional. So I think that that's probably where I will probably start to look in the genre of people that I want to bring on first to help us speak into that side of ourselves. And I'm also, like I said, I'm going to share in... Um, Maybe even some books that kind of will help you get started on the journey. I find myself reading more now than ever. 
And I've read some really good books, even in the past, um, especially when I was looking at doing a lot of healing work from relationships as I've gotten young, when, when I was younger, uh, through Eon LeBonzant, one book in particular for a creative, or I think anyone who is trying to tap into their passions, uh, Big Magic by um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote the uh, Eat, Pray, Love, but I got a chance to see her speak and she is amazing. But Big Magic, I recommend it for anyone who has a creative passion who at the same time is also learning or trying to struggle how to manage fear because she gives a really great perspectives in that book about it. And I think part of being able to really start to tap into your light to be that light is you have to get fear under control and you think you might have it, but then you really don't have it. And and it's a lot of work to get fear together. (laughs) So I'm definitely going to recommend that one. So I'll put all of these in. I'm going to put them in the show notes. And then my final one that I'm going to recommend right now, because it's the one that just came to my mind. So I must obviously be speaking on the intentional right with this one is The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, if you don't know her, she is an amazing uh, writer, producer, director. She was previously with ABC. She's now with Netflix. Um, I probably should have just said Bridgerton. If you love Bridgerton, that comes from the mind of Shonda Rhimes. And it's a really great book. I read it a few years ago, but it's excellent. And I took a year of yes journey and I did some amazing things during that time. I think everybody needs a year of yes. And even though you're in the midst of chaos right now with COVID and everything going on, there is still opportunity for you to achieve and to do great things. And to be unabashedly not afraid of saying yes. So it would still be a good time because I think back to when I read that book and I took that year of yes. I was in a a year of grieving. Um, My dad, I was still in that process, still trying to navigate the caregiving thing. And I had an amazing year In, in the middle of all that nuttiness. I still had a great year. So just a few books that I want to share. I will definitely, um, like I said, put them in the show notes for you, along with some of the other resources, information that we discussed today. But like I said, I, I want us to start to gear ourselves into thinking about ourselves as light. And so as light, we have to be super intentional. And that means it's a time to do the work. It's time to get honest with ourselves and to free ourselves from the things that hold us back free ourselves from all the fear, all the regrets. And so you can move through this world as the light that you are because we need lights. Lights drive out darkness. And there's a lot of darkness right now. And we need you. So we need you to tap into it. Yes, I do want you to tap into it to help us move through the world. But I also want want you to tap into it for yourself. Because when you are a light within yourself, that means that you can be your best self. And you can be your most happiest self. And that means that all the other people who are around you, the people that you love and you love on every day, they will benefit from that because your heart and your soul are well. So that's this week's episode. It's all about the light and you guys are the lights. And so I wish you love and good juju this week as you go forward. Please be gentle with yourselves. Take moments to breathe. Take moments to grieve the things that did not work. 
but then also get back up and get back out there and do what you are called to do and love on yourselves, love on your family. Just be good to each other and socially distance and wear your mask and wash your hands. All kind of goes together. <laughs> if you liked like this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and definitely don't hesitate. Reach out to me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and so not really Facebook, maybe once in a while, but you know, my email, all my social information will be in the show notes. I will definitely see you guys next week. And next week, I believe, I think that's our first, no, that will not be our first episode of February, but February is my birthday month. So I'll be doing some cool things, I think, on social media. So check out my Facebook, um, not my Facebook, I apologize, my Instagram um, for anything, some cool things. Never know what you might see up there. Take advantage. And I will talk to you guys next week. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one. Bye-bye.